0: Stampede! Garner Isn't Number 50. Recorded May 24th, 2020. Trying to predict the future isn't easy. And more often than not, when offering an opinion, you can be wrong. It's true. I like to learn about history because it helps me to understand how and why the way things are. You really can't talk about the now without knowing what came before. There are some historical life-changing events that have no precedent. So, predicting what those events will bring are very difficult, like some large meteor striking Earth altering the rotation, the spin of our 24-hour day. It would be difficult to determine what our future would be if that happened. Well, COVID-19 is somewhat like that. It's nearly stopped the conduct of normal human behavior. And speaking from my own limited experience for 75 years, I've never seen before what has occurred in the last three months. It reminds me of a line in a movie by Randy Quaid when Marlon Brando asks him about life, and Quaid says, Life ain't like nothing I've ever seen before. Sure, there have been natural events like hurricanes or tsunamis that have produced wide-scale damage. And even when it comes to our wars and the use of weapons, we still have managed to stumble along. But COVID-19 has created something I've never felt before. And I'm pretty sure it's going to leave a lasting mark on how we're going to live our lives. It ain't like nothing I've ever seen before. And to characterize it like some Salvador Dali painting comes close. Surreal, bizarre, and terrifying are some of the things that come to mind. Let's face it. In America, when you have over 36 million people who have lost employment in three months, you've got a problem that isn't going to disappear overnight. Now, for 50 years, this country's economy has been based on a theory of consumerism. It's a relatively simple idea. Make people consume. With the motto, progress is our most important product. Even though there are bumps along the way, with excesses like greed and even violence or bankruptcies, consumerism has continued to have a hold on American institutions. Usually, when it came to big businesses like banks declaring bankruptcies, resulting in closing their doors or being merged with larger, or more financially credible resources, consumerism kept rolling along. In the consumerist world, when big financial institutional failures occur, the information about their future is often left unemphasized. Consumerists are always deceived into believing nothing is wrong and to continue doing what consumers do best keep consuming. And they rarely are told to think about what's happened. By and large, in the consumerist future, there can only be one direction. And to violate that can be very painful. And if, by chance, you've been noticing what's occurred over the last three months or so, there's been a little trouble in the world of consumerism. I think it's safe to say what's happened is historically significant, and millions of people may not have a bright future. In this environment, it's fairly safe to make predictions. COVID-19 has disrupted the consumerist world, and vast numbers of people have been thrown out of work or have refused to go back to work out of a fear of dying. It's not easy for consumers to continue doing what they do best when they stay at home, but as I have mentioned in previous Garner Isn't shows, consumerism is a sly dog and isn't about to let it disappear. Every attempt is being made to return to the old ways of doing business. Extreme measures to keep the show going include never before seen policies of flooding the economy with money. This makes me wonder about the strength of the economy, or more specifically, the money our government is issuing as currency. It's not easy running a business if the money you use has issues. I once asked the bank teller, working at one of the five largest banks in America, if she ever came across a counterfeit bill. She had placed my $100 Benjamin under a light to make sure what she had was legitimate. She said, no, she never came across a bogus bill. But now that's a curious thing, because over the years, our government has kept changing the appearance, albeit subtly, of our currency. And almost always, When they do that, the explanation offered is that they're helping to prevent the spread of counterfeit. Now, I've asked this question at several businesses where cashiers checked to see if the money they were given was authentic. And I've never found a person who said they encountered funny money. As a personal note, I confess, as a young man, I often toyed with the thought of duplicating money using a copying machine, even using high-resolution close-up lenses to photograph money. Of course, one of the tricks of producing a $20 bill is to figure out the paper it's printed on. At my age, I'm not a big fan of trying to crank out dirty money. But then again, I have to question the money I keep using. Some people might say the money that the U.S. government keeps passing out is really like the money used in the board game Monopoly. In fact, you might say the game Monopoly is more financially viable than the financial strength of our own government. Now, a lot of you people might say, I should stop running down our country, but if you haven't noticed lately, the government owes over $25 trillion, and it's a joke if you think that's going to be paid off. Any economy, especially an economy based on fiat money, is dependent on confidence. In fact, our dollar bill uses the word trust. Without those two ingredients, confidence and trust, a government's currency can be called into question. And this is very worrisome for a consumerist, a good consumer, has to feel comfortable with the here and now, and particularly the future. That's why consumerism has shaped and molded the thinking of its consuming population. People must always feel the future is bright. Chaos and distrust can be very harmful to the consumerist world. There are, of course, those who profit by despair. Even merchants of death, war profiteers, are people expert in making good money selling weapons in the midst of chaos. On the fringes of government, especially around Washington, D.C., there exist legions of lobbyists whose sole purpose is to influence politicians to appropriate funding for various projects. These people come in various stripes and sizes, ready to fulfill the bidding of large corporations to get legislation passed in favor of their masters. Everyone from dog-catcher societies to big energy companies have lobbyists doing their bidding, to get what they want. Often these people are connected by having been in government. They know how to press the right buttons because they may have been staffers, members of legal firms representing politicians, a high-ranking retired military officer usually generals, or even a senator or a congressman. These people can be described as being very smooth and flush, living in large houses, giving fashionable dinner parties. They help to form the grease that keeps the gears of government turning. And more often than not, their concerns are with making profits for the companies they work for, and are not really working for the people of America but helping to form policies that benefit a few. One thing I can be certain of, there's going to be changes. I look at my body and I know it's changing and eventually some of its parts are going to malfunction and I'll come to an end. Well, I understand that. I may not like it, but that's what's going to happen. I'd just like it to be without pain. In a broader sense, COVID-19 is bringing worldwide changes. It's not like a hurricane, an earthquake, or a firestorm. No, it's spreading something worldwide. A fear, a distrust, a doubt about our future. We can fool ourselves into thinking we can return to the way things were. It's just like that idea of getting something that makes you look younger. Well, you can fool yourself just so long before reality comes knocking at your door. You can be fooled so long till you believe the deception is the truth. Well, we've been living a lot of deceptions in this country. You think the party is never going to end, that you're safe that the multi-million dollar house you're living in is still worth millions of dollars like the saying goes caveat emptor for the last 50 years we've believed in the consumerist world thinking it would be good for us but COVID-19 has temporarily put a stop to that fear is a powerful motivator and even if this virus slowly disappears, once you've been exposed to fear, it's difficult to return to a place you thought you were safe in. The water is deep. The undertow is strong. And the air you're breathing may not be certain. You want me to entertain you? Well, I won't do that. You've allowed yourself to be fooled into being a part of something that was nothing more than an illusion. Well, I won't assist you in that. Things are going to be different, and you better realize the road isn't going to be smooth. Our government is going to be challenged. Full-fledged depression is coming if it isn't already here. Over 100,000 Americans will have died within a little over three months, and that number will continue to grow. There could be disruptions in food production, electrical blackouts, collapsing prices in some markets, and never-before-seen inflation in others, record number of bankruptcies, wholesale destruction, street violence never-before-seen in this country. The future is difficult to predict, but the signs are all starting to be posted, this isn't going to be like sitting in the shade under a tree on a summer day. No, this ain't going to be like anything you've ever seen. This week on Garnerism, you heard music from two composers of incidental music, also referred to as scores for motion pictures. First, John Powell's composition, The Drop, from the motion picture, The Born Supremacy. And then another cut from the same film. You then heard the music of James Horner, Creating Panic, from the film, Flight Plan. And finally, three pieces from the motion picture, Aliens mr horner scored over a hundred films his nominations for academy awards are too numerous to name he won in 1997 with titanic mr horner's distinguished career ended tragically in 2015 at the age of 61 when alone in a plane he was piloting crashed in california Steppeed. Written and performed by Edward Garner in Morro Bay and Paso Robles, California.